Oh, 
minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Avrami Finkelstein, briefly sitting in for the one and only Nahum Siegel as he is en route from the Holy Land after a whirlwind trip there, and he is going to be back in the studio hopefully uh, pretty soon this morning. Welcome to your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
His uh, Fill the World with Light CD, a great tune to cap off that first set of the morning as we are at the uh, uh, bottom of the first hour of the program here. This is Avrami Finkelstein briefly sitting in for the one and only Nahum Siegel, who is making his way back from the Holy Land this morning and should be in sometime, I believe, within the second hour of the program. Uh, and I'm sure he will discuss this uh, whirlwind trip that he just uh, uh, experienced. He will also be uh, interviewing... Um, one moment, I'll get you the... He will be interviewing uh, Rabbi Nachman Seltzer about a brand new Art Scroll release um, that's going to be happening uh, sometime later in the program. So make sure that you stay tuned for that and enjoy. So uh, here, going a, a, a journey, I guess, through the morning tefillah. In case you missed any of the songs and you would like to know what was played, I am keeping the uh, daily playlist, as Nachum Siegel does. Um, we had, of course, we started off the program with Regesh and Modaani. We had David Gabe with Hagomel, that one going out to Nahum Siegel. Hopefully his trip went well. Hopefully his uh, commute is going well as he makes his way towards the studio. We had the Yitzchak Halevi band with Reishis Chachma. We had Shalshelis Jr. with Ma Tovu, Sandy Shmueli's Adon Olam from Anishar, uh, Lenny Solomon and Schlockrock with Yigdal from the Shabbat in Liverpool. 
And as I mentioned, that final song of that set, Benny Friedman's La Soak. And uh, making our way through the, uh, as I said, the morning brachos. Uh, coming up after this program, we've got JM Rewind. We've got Album of the Week coming up. And then I will be on for the Tuesday Live Lunch a little bit later today. Uh, I will uh, do my best to take requests, if you would like, while I'm hosting uh, in this next uh, beginning of the show. So if you could uh, post on the app, if you would like, or you could email me, af at nachomsegel.com, the uh, email that you would always use if I'm hosting a program and you'd like to get a request played, um, as well as if you've got an event coming up um, for uh, Hanukkah or any time of the year, uh, let me know all the information so we could post it on our community calendar. Nachum Siegel announces the events from there on JM and the AM. I announce the events during the live lunches that I host. It's a great free resource we make available to you, our listeners, that was so we can help you uh, spread the word about the events that you've got going on, whether it's a Torah lecture, uh, some sort of a musical event, a health-related event like a blood drive or a bone marrow drive, an open house, a dinner, whatever it is that you've got going on, let me know so we can help spread the word. We are happy to do it uh, for this time of year or any time of year, Okay. And uh, let's see what we've got going on next. We've got, um, coming up to start our next set, we've got Baruch Levine and Baharevna continuing our journey through the uh, morning tefillah as uh, you are tuned in uh, to America's One and Only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program here. This is Avrami sitting in for the one and only Nachum Siegel bringing uh, the first half of JM and the AM to you live from Beit Shemesh, Israel here at the Nachum Siegel Network.
מי לא רוצה שיהיו לו בחיים רק ימים טובים, שמחה תמיד. אין בידינו לשנות הרבה דברים, אבל נוכל עוד להחליט. שלא לדאוג על מה שעוד יכול לקרות, מה יכול להיות שם בעתיד. ולא לבכות על האתמו והשושום, כי יש לנו רק את היום. J.M. in the A.M. live from our New York City studios with a big thank you going out to uh, Avrami, who uh, I would say was up early, but you know where he broadcasts from. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, got it started very early this morning, and I thank him for it. Um, he was prepared to do the entire show if necessary, depending on the uh, time that my flight landed. So a big thank you to Avrami, and of course a big thank you to Mayor Fertig for taking over yesterday and doing Monday morning show here at JM and the AM at the Nahum Siegel Network. Much appreciated. And um, 
all of this gave me an opportunity to be in Israel for just over a day and participate in the beautiful ceremony um, that dedicated the brand new Nefesh Benefesh building in Jerusalem. Many of you are aware of the fact that uh, I take great pride in having made a connection to Israel a priority of the mission of this network. Uh, It's something I've believed in ever since going or heading to the airwaves 38 years ago um, in uh, in the vast Jewish community. Always felt that the that one of the primary goals, one of the primary missions of what we do on the air, had to be a constant connection with the state of Israel. And a lot of what we've done over the years certainly uh, reflects that. I don't think that's a secret. Anybody who's been a regular listener for any length of time knows that we are always encouraging any type of connection with Israel. We're always encouraging visits to Israel. In fact, now is a good time for those of you who have not yet um, put a trip or the dream of a trip on your calendar. Now would be a good time to do it. Um, That's for certain. And um, as things get a little easier and open up post-COVID, or whatever term you want to use for whatever stage of COVID we're in right now, uh, it would be a good idea to start focusing again on getting to the Holy Land. And I don't mean necessarily moving there. I'm talking about starting with visits and connecting our children and grandchildren to the most important place on the planet for us. So that is the um, uh, that is one of the primary missions of this network. Uh, it's certainly one of the primary missions that I've had. And um, I felt that um, once Nefesh Benefesh, which has been working with uh, so many people, hundreds of thousands of people over the years regarding Aliyah, and is responsible for 70,000 Olim, and God knows how many more Sabras and uh, how many more relatives and friends who are now considering Aliyah because of those 70,000. As they moved into their new headquarters in the center of Jerusalem, I felt it would be a it would be appropriate to be there and celebrate with Rabbi Fass, Tony Gelbart, the entire staff, such an amazing staff, and everybody who's uh, working hard to connect North American Jewry permanently with the Holy Land. So I uh, had the opportunity. I had the opportunity last night to be there, to be at the big celebration with the President of the State of Israel and with many notables, including Natan Sharansky and uh, and Rabbi Lau and uh, many others who gathered for the uh, express purpose of wishing Mazal Tov to Rabbi Yoshua Fass, Rabbi Josh Fass, and Tony Gelbart on the brand new, beautiful, large, and incredible Nefesh Nefesh headquarters in the center of Jerusalem. It was really a beautiful ceremony. I, um, I, I can't overstate how important a mission it is to keep Aliyah at the forefront of our lives. And again, I'm not 
<laughs> at, at the risk of sounding very hypocritical or being very hypocritical since I'm here in the United States, <laughs> I am not encouraging anybody to move today unless they want to, uh, but certainly to, to keep the ultimate dream um, uh, alive because the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel. I think it's something that uh, it becomes more and more evident every single day. And Nefesh Benefesh obviously has an important role in all of that. My thanks again to Avrami for starting things off this morning on a Tuesday here at JM in the AM. My thanks to Mayor Furtig for sitting in yesterday. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Siegel Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. We have an email address, Nahum at NahumSiegel.com, Nahum, N-A-C-H-U-M at NahumSiegel, N-A-C-H-U-M-S-E-G-A-L.com. We welcome your end-of-year giving. If you want to support us, please do so. Those of you who want to support us in a very effective way, you could become a monthly recurring donor. Uh, so that your uh, 36, 54, 100, 180, or whatever it is per month uh, helps us each and every time the calendar changes, and that's a big help to us. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. You heard Maishi Tischler with Rak Hayom, El Shama done by uh, the Moshav Band. Birchat Konin, that was God Elbaz, Baruch Levine, featuring Benny Friedman with Vaharivna off of the Peduscha album. And again, here we are on a Tuesday at JM in the AM. Uh, fresh back from the journey to Israel. 38 degrees with 70% humidity. Winds are west at 8 miles per hour. Sunny today with a high of 52. Then tonight, clear skies and a low of 40. Tomorrow, partly cloudy and a high of 58. Yerushalayim right now at 72. It was nice walking through Yerushalayim last night. 38 here in New York City as we say good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. News at the top of the hour and plenty more until 9 o'clock this morning. Rabbi Nachman Seltzer is expected to join us. Great brand new book, which we'll talk about from Artscroll and Artscroll.com, uh, called The Insider. We'll talk about that. Remember, you can save by using your promo code radio at Artscroll.com when you order the brand new book. And plenty more scheduled, including Eighth Day, supposed to be in our studio this coming Thursday morning, right here at JM in the AM.
Ace wraps up hour number one. It's Tuesday. It's JM in the AM. It is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world of web and NachumSegal.com and the NachumSegal Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman, kosher hot dog sausage and deli is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. The uh, Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy, Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School Atid Society event is this coming Sunday with Elon Gold. Don't forget, for information, you can contact Lauren Shapiro, Shapiro at jkha.org, Shapiro at jkha.org. We are getting ready for Elon Gold Sunday night. Should be an amazing and incredible production because uh, he's pretty funny, as he demonstrated on our show just a couple of weeks ago. Tuesday morning with 38 degrees, sunshine, and a high temperature of 52. If you want to support us, and I hope you'll consider supporting us, especially this time of year as the calendar year comes to a close, fjbunity.org. Again, that's fjbunity.org. Consider a monthly recurring donation. Consider a great one-time donation. Um, whatever you can give is appreciated. I want to thank Mayor Furtick for taking care of yesterday's JM and the AM. I want to thank Avrami for starting things off today. Got here uh, in time to still speak with you in the 7 o'clock hour after my LL flight landed in JFK Airport. I know. We made it here pretty quickly from the airport, I must say. That's an understatement. Anyway, Baruch Hashem. Um, greetings from Israel. We're in Yerushalayim. It's 72 degrees and beautiful and amazing. And more and more tourists are slowly coming in. Those of you who have not yet planned your trip, try your hardest to think about when you'd like to go. I know it's difficult because these different COVID restrictions and variants and everything seem to be popping up every once in a while, but at least keep it on your mind. Galait Sal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Tuesday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JM in the AM. האלימות בחברה הערבית. גבר כבן 45 נרצח וצעיר נוסף נפצע קשה באירוע ירי בג'לג'וליה. צוות מגן דוד אדום פינה את השניים לבית החולים מאיר בכפר סבא, שם נקבע מותו של הגבר. כתבתנו הדס שטייף מוסרת כי נסיבות האירוע נבדקות. בתוך כך המשטרה עצרה שני חשודים נוספים במעורבות ברצח תושב מזרח ירושלים שלשום, סמוך לעמק רפאים בירושלים. מדווח כתבנו שחר גליק. שני חשודים נוספים נעצרו היום בחשד לרצח שלשום סמוך למלון אוריינט בירושלים, בכך עולה לשמונה מספר העצורים בחשד למעורבות באירוע. הרקע לרצח פלילי כזכור עם עבר של סכסוך משפחות, הנרצח תושב מזרח ירושלים, קרוב משפחתו נפצע גם הוא באורח בינוני באירוע. גבר כבן 60 טבע למוות בכנרת, סמוך לסכר דגניה. הוא נמשה מהמים ללא סימני חיים ומותו נקבע במקום. המשטרה חוקרת את האירוע. ידיעה שמסר כתבנו אדר גיטיס. בית המשפט המחוזי במרכז הרשיע ברצח בנסיבות מחמירות את חליד וקאט, המחבל שרצח את הרב שי אוחיון בפיגוע בפתח תקווה לפני כשנה. ההרשעה הושגה לאחר הסדר טיעון שבו הודה דויקאט במיוחס לו, ונמחקה לו עבירה נוספת של החזקת סכין. כתבנו בן הנצר מוסיף כי במסגרת הסדר הטיעון לא הוסכם על גובה הפיצוי למשפחתו של אוחיון המנוח. 
בתוך שעות ספורות, שתי נשים התמוטטו לאחר לידתן, אחת מהן נפטרה. מדווח כתבנו לענייני בריאות, שי פרידמן. צעירה בת 22 מירושלים התמוטטה הבוקר בעת שילדה בביתה. היא הובלה לבית החולים שערי צדק במצב אנוש, ושם חוברה למכונת לב ריאה. מבית החולים נמסר כי מצב הילוד טוב. מוקדם יותר, אם לארבעה מאזור חדרה, בת 35, נפטרה בבית החולים הלל יפה, כשבוע וחצי לאחר שילדה. מהומה פרצה בדיון ועדת הבריאות בכנסת על חיסון ילדים, לאחר שאחת המשתתפות האשימה את ראש שירותי בריאות הציבור, הדוקטור שרון אלרועי פרייס, בכך שהיא עובדת עבור חברת פייזר. בתגובה שללה יושבת ראש הוועדה, חברת הכנסת עידית סילמן, את זכות הדיבור של המשתתפת. נתנו לדבר שם לגברת אלרועי פרייס, שהיא אינה אובייקטיבית, כי היא גם עובדת של חברת פייזר. לא, אז סליחה, אני מצטערת. לא יאמרו כאן דברים, ואני אגן על שמם של נציגי הציבור. תעצרו אותה בבקשה בזום, תעצרו אותה בבקשה בזום, תודה. בהמשך הדיון העריכה הדוקטור פרייס שמבצע חיסון הילדים יחל בעוד כשבוע עד עשרה ימים לאחר הכרעת צוות המומחים באשר לטווח בין שתי מנות החיסון. ומזג האוויר ירידה קלה בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות. J.M. and the A.M., our news from Israel at the top of the hour. Yet another thing that keeps us connected to the Holy Land for those listening around the world. I wanted to mention before we go back to our music, first of all, thank you to Ralph, our amazing New Jersey chairman, appreciates the emotional comments and thanks us for the, uh, the thoughts about our connection to Israel. And I thank him. He's one of the people that gets it. And boy, does he get this mission. And I can't thank him enough for getting this mission. I don't know where we'd be without him and his family, frankly. Our listener Tikva says, welcome, <coughs> welcome back. Come back soon to the Holy Land. <laughs> it was great seeing listener Tikva and her wonderful family. I'll say it this way. Birthday girl Hadas Emuna and all of her brothers, <laughs> or most of her brothers. <laughs> it was nice to see everybody, and especially her father. Um, listener Ilan, what a wonderful man. Um, oh, and their grandmother, listener Panina. Yeah. Wonderful lady. Uh, anyway, I um, I wanted to mention that uh, I noticed on the app yesterday morning, and I um, I just wanted to to chime in with my own Mazel Tov wish. A big Mazel Tov to Fagy Fuchs on her bat mitzvah. Mazel Tov to the grandparents, Brindy Ergaz and Chuni and Silky Pitterman, and to the great-grandmother, Claire Grunwald, who's amazing. Um, listener Silky sent that in, and I want to wish a Mazel Tov to the entire family from all of us here. At JM in the AM. More coming up at JM in the AM. Show. 
Yaakov Shweki's Toast to Life, L'chaim, Yushalayim, Yearnings with Maishi Menlowitz before that. Tuesday, JM in the AM, my name is Nachum Siegel. Great to be back here in our studio in New York City, although it's uh, somewhat painful every single time leaving Israel, but it was wonderful to be at the Nefesh Benefesh event on Monday night, last night, when they dedicated their brand new building and started discussing just how much the uh, brand new center in Jerusalem is going to do for North American Aliyah. They've done a lot so far, 70,000 Olim, but... Much, much more is going to be done, which is pretty amazing. And I want to thank both the Mayor Furtick for sitting in yesterday and Avrami for sitting in earlier this morning. If you want to comment on the app, be my guest. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. And I thank all of you for tuning in. Rabbi Nachman Seltzer is scheduled. He'll be in the 8 o'clock hour with us here at JM in the AM. And uh, it's it's a fascinating interview about a fascinating book. The book is called The Insider. I uh, read most of it in Israel, and it's pretty amazing. It really is pretty amazing. We'll have that for you coming up here at JMNAM. When you go to artscroll.com, always use promo code radio for your discount and free shipping. Always use promo code radio at artscroll.com. Gaia Coffee says, hey, wouldn't you love to prepare a boiling hot 
mug or glass of water, and then uh, and then just toss in a Gaia brew bag to have a fresh brewed cup of coffee. It's what people are doing now every single morning in order to make life really easy for them. You want something fresh brewed and delicious, and you want it done as easily as possible, GaiaCoffee.com, G-A-I-A Coffee.com. Check it out. It's pretty amazing what they've done, and the concept is remarkable. And you get a 15% discount if you use promo code radio on their products at GaiaCoffee.com, G-A-I-A Coffee.com, G-A-I-A Coffee.com. Check it out and enjoy. More coming up. You're listening to a Tuesday morning edition of JM in the AM.
Lipa! Lipa with his non-stop rock here at JM in the AM. Yaakov Shwaki before that with Lachayim. Tuesday morning broadcast, JM in the AM. My thanks to Mayor Furtick for sitting in yesterday, and a big thank you to Avrami for getting things started today until the uh, flight landed, and I got back to our New York City studios here in downtown Manhattan. AJA Carpool number 204 says Boker Tov as usual. Thank you, listener Daniel. Um, listener Chayef, I like the sentiment. If we're unable to make Aliyah, spend the vacation fund in Israel. Been doing that for years. Well, you should be proud if you're doing that for years. Certainly, you should be proud for doing that. That's the way to do it, frankly. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words. Oh, this may take a second here because our. Our machine is not used to working. <laughs> it had the last few days off since Friday. So this may take a minute, but we'll get to my gold washer in just a second. I remind you, if you want to support us, especially as we get close to the end of the year, uh, we welcome your contributions to keep us going. Believe you me, as I've explained a million times, every single revenue stream is important and must be strong in order to keep us going. And one of them is uh, great listener support. So please, 
Uh, go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Give a monthly donation or one-time donation. Be as generous as possible. And thank you, thank you, thank you, fjbunity.org. All right, David Goldwasser's words. Zechonishmas HaRav Zebner Vesavalevi. Zechonishmas Esther Vasser Vesavalevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We learn in the Talmud Bavli, Mishachara Besamikdosh, when the Besamikdosh lied in ruins, Upasku Anshe Amona, the men of great faith cease to exist. Hagon Reb Chaim Kanievsky says, If a person believes something, believes Shalim with a complete heart, it helps, and that particular thing in which they're going to believe will come true. Miskayemes B'schus HaShoel, it will all be fulfilled in the merit of the person that asks, Shema min bemuna shalema, that believes with a perfect faith, Shemilas chacham iskayemes, that the words of the chachamim will be fulfilled. The Maral comments that if a person is doeg, if they're upset or they're worried about what they're going to have tomorrow, so then the individual is mikatne amuna. They are from those that have little belief. It says, Whoever has bread in their basket, but says, What am I going to have to eat tomorrow? Those are the ones that have little faith. Rabbi Yisachar Doiv, the Rebbe of Bells once said, The Kavana is that a person has to know that even at a time when it appears that he has everything that he needs, he should not be muftach, he should not be so sure. He has to pray to be mispalo, that even that which he has right now should remain with him and not be taken away, chas v'sholom. The one who only is asking, ma'uchalamachar, what am I going to eat tomorrow? He's only worried about tomorrow. He is muftach, He's already sure that whatever he has today is going to stay with him. There was a great devastation in Warsaw between the world wars. There was a severe food shortage and people were literally starving to death. A person who could bring home a little bit of food considered it to be very fortunate. People would eat the minimum in order to make whatever they had last as long as possible. The briskerav would eat whatever he had and would not limit himself to save food for the next day. He constantly worked on his bitachon, like we learn, whoever has bread in their basket for today. In sharp contrast, his son, Rabbi Yosef Dov, ate nothing. He would only eat the hard crust of bread that his father, the briskerav, could not chew. The briskerav gave him musr. He told him the only reason they didn't have enough was because he insisted on eating only the crust and not his share of the bread. If you would eat as much bread as you needed, we would have enough for both of us. However, his son Rabbi Yosef Dov continued his practice. He only ate the crust. Years later, he explained, he did not want to be a Baal Bitochon on his father's cheshben. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizuk. Have a nice day. J.M. in the A.M. Thanks so much to Rabbi Goldwasser. And I remind everybody as we uh, speak about another amazing Shar Press Art Scroll release, when you go to artscroll.com, 
and you look for the brand new book by uh, Rabbi Nachman Seltzer called The Insider. The book is called The Insider. Uh, for both that book and any other book at artscroll.com, always use promo code radio. That's the bottom line. You always want to use promo code radio. When you use promo code radio, you get your massive discount plus free shipping. And who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want to take advantage of an amazing bargain? Well, uh, the book is called The Insider. Famed war journalist Yisrael Katzover, who's also known as A. Pierre, uh, and his unforgettable adventures and encounters with Gedolim and world leaders. Rabbi Nachman Seltzer, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachman. I feel like I didn't leave. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, it was actually a topic of conversation with somebody last night about the speed with which you're releasing books. I mean, you must be, you must be drowning in a sea of interviews and information in order to release them at the pace you're doing. Can you grab my hand, please? <laughs> uh, and it doesn't end, because from what I hear, there's more coming. Something you're going to like very much is on its way. A bunch of things, actually, so stay tuned. We don't want to give it away over here on the show, but uh, if I was with those people, I would actually put you on with them, because I know how much you like when we do that. Interesting. All right. Well, what can I say? We'll wait for the big news and congratulate you on yet another uh, interesting and fascinating release. It's called The Insider. Yisrael Katzover, obviously, I mean, I guess a lot of it, as you indicated in the book, was through Zoom because of the period of time that you were doing these interviews and doing all this research. But you must have spent a tremendous amount of time with him, uh, and that in and of itself must have been an incredible experience. It was. And I'll tell you, the, the most amazing thing about this man is his humility. Wow. That's it's like, here's a person who, who literally traveled the world in the presence of prime ministers, G'day Yisrael, kings, uh, you know, and, he, and he's just the most humble, down-to-earth, self-effacing person, the most, the biggest Balmidas mensch, the guy blows me away. Yeah, I mean, and it comes through uh, in his experiences, and, and a lot of it, and look, you and I have discussed this topic before, when you come to people who have... Uh, unique backgrounds in multiple areas, when one of those areas is, in fact, steeped in our tradition, when you come from a family that is so dedicated to our heritage, when you come from, uh, uh, when you come from a town and end up living in neighborhoods that attract Gedola Yisrael, that attract Torah giants, uh, you're talking about a completely different type of experience. Uh, what, what some people would think you know, would be the most important thing, the fact that he was a journalist, the fact that he uh, hung out with the people that you described, um, it, it seems like the the Torah and Jewish angle always is able to temper one's ego and temper one's enthusiasm for all the other stuff. You get what I'm saying? I do get what you're saying. I mean, you you grew up, you you live on the Lower East Side, right? Well, I didn't grow up here, but here since I'm married, so you, right? Say, so you've been there for a long, long time, surrounded by the gedolim of of the Lower East Side, and they've had a tremendous hashpah on you. I mean, saying that that's something you you know the the, the Feinstein family, you know them well. Right, a hundred percent. So I'm saying, yeah, a hundred percent. Look, the fact is that that Rabbi Saul Katzover had the zechus of sharing his his room with the Belzareb. Right. See, that's what I mean. That's he what I mean. In his room. Wait, when you when you are when you are literally sharing a room with and meals with and watching how your parents deal with those Torah giants, you get a completely different perspective of what's important in life. Frankly, that's right. All right. Plus, he walked around. Thinking about his brother all day long, right. the brother that he uh, never met, and and that is, 
Look, I, you know, I said to you off the air, I read most of this book in Israel because I knew I had to prepare for this morning. I was landing this morning. Uh, I'm sitting in a cab reading that chapter and it's heartbreaking. I I say to myself, if I was a parent in that situation that thought they were doing something good for their child, leaving him in the hands of people that they felt, you know, they could trust. And in fact, you know, hours later, so to speak, that child is missing forever. I mean, how do you continue with life? How do you go on? Yeah. It was very hard. They, lived, they never stopped living that. For the rest of their life, that was something that was part of their life, and they never, you know, it's obvious. They and, lived that, and, yeah. And what, the Belzer Rebbe, his mother, his mother, the Belzer Rebbe offered his mother, I'm talking about the previous Belzer Rebbe. Right, right. The, uh, the uncle of this Belzer Rebbe offered his mother a, a bracha. And, he, and what do you want? She said, I want a bracha for another child. And he said, and he didn't give her a bracha for another child, but he said, this son will be like ten sons. And Rabbi Saul Katzover really is unique, and he's completely, is really a completely unique person. And I, the reason why I even decided to, re, to reach out to him, and I reached out to him, was because when, when, when uh, Hosni Mubarak died, the, who was the head of Egypt for so many years, Rabbi Saul wrote a, a, a very big article in Amadiyah, about all his interactions with Mubarak. And I was fascinated. I said, here's a person who traveled, who was a guest of Mubarak at his palace in Cairo, who, who came together with Rabbi Yosef to the palace. And, and he's like, this is a person who was a walking history book, but in the history in its best sense. I have to talk to him. We have to do something. You know what's interesting about that whole area of the book, by the way? People don't realize that areas that we always thought were off-limits, like you just mentioned, the president of Egypt, right? Uh, off-limits, and that Jews wouldn't be welcome, and that you know there would be a, um, uh, there would be a stigma if somebody, in fact, would reach out from Israel uh, to somebody in Egypt at the time. And we don't realize just how much interaction there was and just how much yeah. you know, behind-the-scenes uh, movement there was on so many different issues that were going on. And, and Mubarak did believe, by the way, uh, the bracha he got from it was from a Rav Yosef. The bracha he got, yes. That he yes, he yes. really did believe that that's what kept him in power and kept him alive for so many years, right? Right. Which yeah. is which is pretty. It was very close. <laughs> it just, they just, had a close relationship. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just one tidbit from the book. All right, we, we got to give a little overview here. So so how does Katzover uh, end up becoming you know somebody from the Torah background we described and somebody who has a tremendous appreciation for our tradition and heritage? How does he end up becoming such an important uh, um, a war journalist? Uh, defense ministry journalist, uh, somebody who's really in the know on so many things going on in such important eras in modern Jewish history. All right, so first of all, remember, he started in the beginning. So back then, there wasn't any, there, wasn't, there weren't that many people doing what he was doing. So he started 60, 55, whatever, 55 years ago. Right. So he started as a young journalist. He worked his way up. So that's number one. Number two, he grew up at Katamon with Bibi Netanyahu. Right. Okay. So he's a personal friend of Bibi Netanyahu. At his 70th birthday party, Bibi couldn't come, but he sent him a video talking to, you know, he's come to his simchas and they're, very, they're friends, they're close friends. So that's the number two. Number three is when, when you're a person who, who stands by your, your beliefs and you're consistent and you're moral and people know that you're a person who doesn't budge and you're trustworthy, and it's not that you're doing things for scoops, you're doing things because you believe in them, then you have a reputation, and people want to work with you. And four is that we have the story with Rabin, 
and how he brought down the government. Yeah. And that's something that no one ever did before. And he brought it down as a civilian. Why did he bring it down? Because of Kavit Shabbat. Right. America sending F-15s to Israel for the first time, and Israel's making this huge, huge party and this huge thing, and it's going to happen. Mamish, when Shabbos comes in, he saw Katsuva leaks it to the press, which he was not allowed to do, gets in trouble for it, doesn't care, listens to Abavadio, gives him his adracha, and then what does he do? He submits a no-confidence motion in the government on Sunday morning after the whole event, and Rabin's government falls because of a from journalist who brings it down because of COVID Shabbos. And what he, what he, I assume, realized, but, um, but maybe not on, that, on the spot, was that that whole attitude, everyone's um, requirement, so to speak, from that point forward to pay attention to Shabbos, to know that Shabbos and Yantif to an extent, is always going to be part of the equation as the Israeli government goes forward. I, I think we could cite plenty of times since then that Shabbos has been a factor, and, and it probably all emanated from that episode. Definitely had an effect, for sure. It, it, the government fell because of somebody who said, I'm sorry, you're being Mechal Shabbos, and it's not okay. There's no reason for it. If, if it was from Kuch Nefesh, I would not say anything. But there's no reason to make a party and, and cause thousands of people to drive on Shabbos, and it's an official government thing. And Rabin was very upset at him for many years. Yeah. He wouldn't talk to him, and later Rabin definitely wouldn't look, at him, look him in the eye. And eventually they made Shalom, and he brought him to the Gerar for a meeting, which he arranged. Right. But, and it's, an, it's a fascinating story. But that led to Begin's government. And yeah. Begin knew who brought down the previous government. And he said to him, what do you want? Like, he's offering him a reward. And Katzover doesn't take advantage of this. He could take advantage of this reward. He says, I just want an interview with you. Right. You understand? But that's his theatrist. <laughs> Begin is offering you a reward. You could do, you, you understand what that means? I owe you. What do you want? Rabbi Nachman Seltzer is here via, is actually with us live via telephone. The book is called The Insider. It's a book about famed war journalist Yisrael Katzover. It's a brand new one from Shar Press. You can go to artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio. You know, everyone has their perspective. It's funny you, you, that you happened to mention just now about, you know, the, the whole Begin recognition that Katzover brought down the government that led to a Begin government. You know, there, there are a lot of theories why how Begin, in fact, won that election. There are a lot of theories, and some of them, you know, don't include what you just mentioned about Katzover. So it's, it's funny. I shouldn't say funny. It's interesting to read for those of us who are somewhat familiar with Six-Day War, Yom Kippur War, and, and the post-years of those wars' history. It's interesting to read his perspective on it. With that in mind, um, when you read about you know what he felt was the the um, the strategy or the outcome of the Israeli relationship with Egypt post Yom Kippur War, I find that fascinating because I I, I don't know how many people would have granted Egypt the right to declare they won that war, but it's the fact that they think they won the war that led ultimately to a peace treaty. With Israel. Now, again, I, I'm not one to argue with Katzover. I, I trust what he says, but I never had heard that perspective before. Right. He has a lot to say on Egypt. You should know. <laughs> yeah, boy, he, he spent a, a lot of time in Egypt, didn't he? He spent 35 days that first trip. Right. He could not get out because until they finished making the deal, and it was a crazy trip. And he's, there's a great picture of him on a horse near the pyramid. Right, so that. It was just a fascinating trip but, but he's just like i said he's been everywhere he's been to china he's been to russia i love this story he says he goes to the kremlin he's meeting right. putin with a bunch of journalists <laughs> and putin gets up and he goes into a fighter stance and he says you think i'm a tough guy why do you guys write i'm such a tough guy i'm not such a tough guy i'm a nice guy why do you guys write this about me and he says to Casover, you know what i like to eat he says 
He says, I like to eat matzahs. Right. He says. The cats of his, and other Israelis don't understand what he's talking about. <laughs> he says, he says, matzot. He likes matzot. Why does he like matzot? Because Putin was taking care of his neighbors were from fa- or Jewish family where he lived, and they took care of this little kid whose parents worked late, didn't have any money. They used to feed him. He grew up with a taste of matzot. The chief rabbi of Russia gives him, gives him matzot. Yeah. You understand? It's amazing, it's amazing stuff. Right. It's funny that how much how much stuff, including your work, is revealing more and more about Putin. I know I'm, I'm raising a side point, but it's funny as the years go on and everyone wonders about his uh, control over Russia. It's funny to hear more and more about his relationship with Jews, Jewish community, Jewish journalists, as you point out, etc. Yeah, which is very interesting and funny when you think about his background. Uh, you know, in in the Soviet Union, and then and then uh, yeah. eventually Russia. It's, yeah. The whole thing is hilarious. Mr. KGB, yeah. Mr. KGB, Mr. Stalin loves Jews. What yeah. are you going to do? <laughs> How funny is that? Uh, but that's uh, that's that's a Kaddish Baruch Hu's world. It's funny, is right. Kotsover felt the need to actually um, uh, write under an alias. I thought it was for a. <laughs> I thought it was for some, you know remarkable, um, uh, uh, knew some secrets that he couldn't reveal type reason. The real reason was that there was a conflict of interest between, I guess, essentially doing radio and writing in newspapers, yes. and, and he had to separate Correct. the two, right? Correct. Yes, he had to write. He needed a pen name. So for those for those of you who think it was ego that created the pen name or it was you know knowing top secret information, it was simply out of convenience to make sure he can maintain the two jobs he wanted to maintain. Right. That's uh, correct. Yeah, so that's pretty interesting as well. Um, what was the? What to him was the? I mean, you interviewed him and you did all this work with him. What to him was the highlight of his career? Would he say? Would he? Would he ever indicate that there was one episode or something that you know stood? I mean, there's so much stuff in here; it's crazy. And every era in in you know the last fifty years is covered. Uh, is there anything he pointed um, out that was ooh, that was highlights? I think. I think. One highlight was bringing down the Rabin government. Right. I, think. <laughs> yeah. I do. I feel that to him was a huge moment. That was big. Uh, I think he loved doing the Meitzadas Mirot on Kol Yisrael. Right. And, and I, sh- big, I should. He mention, loved that. Yeah, he I, loved that. He was, It was. It became this thing that everyone was home that night when they would announce the winners, Song of the Year, Singer of the Year. Everyone was home listening to that show, recording it. That was a big highlight. Uh, you know, there were so many things that he, that were, yeah, I'll tell you, to me, what a big thing was. I mean, what he did with Ariel Sharon, I don't know if you read the chapter, Nachum, when Ariel Sharon, when, when, when the Erloi Rebbe comes over to his house on Tishabov night. Right. Because he wants to convince Ariel Sharon not to do the disengagement. Right. To me, that chapter was, that's a highlight. Here comes, he's a neighbor of the Erloi Rebbe. Tishabov, the Rebbe does not speak normally on Tishabov. But he comes to his house and he's crying because we have to call Ariel Sharon to prevent the disengagement. And Catherine has Sharon's number. They, they know each other. And, he, and he's like, but can you imagine? Someone says, no, call president, the president of America right now because I want to. You think not twice. You think a hundred times before you call the president. But he did. He called him. And, I... and Sharon answered. Yeah, and I remind everybody that that disengagement took place right after Tisha B'Av. It did. He did not convince Sharon. And what got he cried to Sharon, and Sharon was not convinced. And what got me about Katzover, and this is a quote on page three thirty-two of your book. What got me about Katzover was he reaffirmed everything I had heard from anybody in that generation who knew Sharon, including my father. He said, 
Uh, there were plenty of articles where I spelled out exactly how I felt about him, that he was a man who couldn't be trusted. And that is why, frankly, in that one sentence, that is why people of that generation who knew him were not surprised when he called for and ultimately carried out the disengagement because they knew that ultimately they could not trust anything that he said, which is so sad, but a, a reality for those who knew him at that time. Well, it's a reality today also, Nachum. Uh, meaning with certain political figures? <laughs> I mean with politicians in Israel who promise the world and then do the exact opposite of what they say they're going to do. So there you go. Yeah. Tell nothing me- changed, as someone else said. Yeah, nothing changes is right. It's all the same. Uh, tell me about Rabavadja's Pesach. You have a chapter about it regarding Gilad Shalit. I wanted to concentrate on this a drop because so many people from all different generations remember this situation, remember the scenario, and obviously celebrated when eventually so, he, he was released. He said that, I think it was, was the, the Pesach was that if it's going to cause a, a, if it's to cause an effort to the soldiers, Rabavadja was not in favor. Right. And Rabavadja was not in favor. You, you can't kill a whole bunch of soldiers because of one soldier. Everybody right. gave a shot. Right. Yeah. But he was not sure to put that in, you should know. He wasn't oh, sure. And oh. I was like, I don't see any problem with that. Oh. I think to me, if I'm the Vajipaska, that it doesn't, you know, that's fine. Right. The reason I was surprised it was in, and it's funny you say that he hesitated about it, is because um, you know th- there, there's never definitive information. You know, we always talk about that you, you release 500 terrorists, you know, you assume that they're going to repeat their actions and, and that and that Jews and soldiers will be in danger. Uh, but obviously there's no proof to the fact. Uh, so I, I thought that that psaac was interesting, and, uh, and, I'm, and, uh, and I'm fascinated to hear that he hesitated to put it in the book. Yeah, he, he wasn't sure if Aryeh Derry would come across looking not so good. I ah, said, I don't yes. see any reason why that should be a problem. And Rabbi Vadya said, look, if you remember, when Nachshon Waxman was kidnapped, right. an actual operation that took place on a Friday night, which mm-hmm. actually was not far away from my yeshiva, I was learning in Sarotsky, and it was a hill in remote where he was being held captive. Right. I wanted to say, when the team of Sarah Matkal went in to get him, they had bad information. The door was much thicker than they thought, and people were killed. Well, people were very hurt. There was gun battles. I think people were actually killed. The point is, and they killed, uh, they killed Naksha Waxman. So the point is, Abavadi was very hesitant to, to allow soldiers to be killed based on information that didn't, you know, he doesn't want to put soldiers in danger. He was very careful about the lives of soldiers. Yeah, I hear that. Uh, tell me his impressions of some of the things going on today. The Iranian nuclear program, right? One of the biggest debates is how the United States should be handling that and whether it should be a deal with Iran or not. What does Katsover say about it? i got to tell you, that was something to me. I said, I said to him, well, okay, we, we've, we've covered so much. And this, you should know there's a, a lot more, which he wanted to talk about, which I said, you know, it's not for this book. And it, it, it's like other things, his, his, his fascination with history, with, with Columbus. We right. had a whole piece on Columbus, which we didn't, which I didn't put in the book. There's tons of different things. Which uh, Vasco da Gama, there was a Jewish person, official, supposedly was part of his boat that went with him. <laughs> Unbelievable stuff. And he's an expert on all this stuff. And there's an a, and, there, the and there's a, and there's a debate if Columbus is Jewish at all. That there, there was a debate. With yes, him, right? and he, I, we brought proof to this. It was a whole right. thing, which in the end it didn't really fit with, with what the book is about because it's all it's contemporary. But but uh, but he's an expert in all this stuff. And I said, all right, look, let me start. Look, we have to. I want to me out of you know I'm familiar with a, a nice amount of Israeli history and and some of the operations the Mossad did over the years. And to me, the the, the biggest, most successful, most daring operations, audacious, chutzpahic operation, is going into Iran, going into Tehran, and walking off 
with all of their records of atomic nuclear. That is such chutzpah. I said, I want to share this operation with, the, with our readers. Can you get permission from the censor to give them the whole story? And he sends in a detailed operation to the censor, got permission for most of what he wanted to write, and then we wrote the operation pretty much from beginning to end, as much information as I could put into the book, because he knows a lot, a lot of things he's not allowed to say. But most of the operation, almost, almost everything we were able to put in. And I just wanted to give people a detailed operation from his perspective. And, but he knows, like, he, to answer your question, the man knows everything, and he's, he also knows what he's allowed to say, and he never looks for scoops. So they could trust him. What, but per- he knows. <laughs> what percentage of the real story? And again, that's an operation that everybody listening should remember because it just happened, basically, right? It happened toward the end of BB's reign. Uh, what percentage of that story do you think? Uh, it, it, what percentage of the entire story were you able to print? You're you're going with fifty. The majority of the story. Seventy-five percent. The main issue that I couldn't print, and the main issue which he would not say is how did the team get away from Tehran? How did they actually get? the files out of Tehran, right. and there are many different theories. And uh, I would, uh, from what I understand, again, I'm not, I can't say this is conclusive. I don't have proof. But I think, and this is what I think personally, is that they got it over the border to the neighboring country, and, which is not far from, uh, from Tehran. It's right. about 45 minutes away. That's what I understand. The, 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 most people believe, most journalists believe, that that's how they got the files out of Iran. But you should know, within a very short time, the, all of uh, hundreds, I think tens of thousands of Iranian security were looking for the Israeli team. It, it's unbelievable. It's an unbelievable story. I said, so we have to put this into the book. And he, he said, okay, let's, he loved the idea. And, and we just put it in. And so. I'm so glad that you're presenting it in this way because the Iraq nuclear reactor and Tebi, uh, the Six-Day War, I mean, and, and so many other, you know, uh, Shalit, uh, so many other operations and situations and episodes that you know ha- had real decisions to be made and obviously were life and death in many instances, like you just described. I'm sure that was a life and death mission, obviously, uh, for those who tried and successfully got if those. They would have been caught. Yeah, it would have been definitely life and death. So yeah. it, it's yeah. un- and, and so all of not all of us, many of us always think that you know th- that those types of actions. And those types of stories were reserved for 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago, you know, in the heart of modern Jewish history and the formation of the state of Israel and the capture of Yerushalayim. The reality is, the one you're describing just happened a couple of years ago, which is unbelievable. It's happening now. And it's happening right now, exactly. We, we Today. For, we forget. We hear about Turkey and we hear about, uh, and we hear about uh, you know, other, other areas of the world where certain things happen. We, we don't realize the level of execution, the level of intelligence that is being utilized in order to continue uh, to exist as a state of Israel. Uh, by 100%. The, this is always the problem with an interview like this, because the truth is <laughs> I want to bring up every single story you write in the book. <laughs> and, and it's ridiculous because <laughs> we got to encourage people to buy the book. So I'm going to stop myself. Don't worry. We're just touching. This is the tip <laughs> of the iceberg. That's true. That is true. It's a 400-page book, everybody. So it is the tip of the iceberg. They um, should look. They, the, your, your listeners... If they're interested in the in the Shatzite Tzvi era, right. they should read the book. Right, that's that's crazy. Uh, Just that alone. Imagine that. I'm Ima- not getting into it. Imagine a, a story about somebody in the 20th century and 21st century, and that and you say that that and that that era will will come to life. You know, if people read the I'm book. I'm telling you right now that he has people. He has tens of thousands, about hundreds of thousands of people who follow and consider Shatzite Tzvi to be their goggle today. Unbelievable. And, and it's 2021, I remind everybody. <laughs> 2021, because... the Balkans, Turkey, Greece, 
Even in Israel, there's a moshav because that, that, that has a carbon pesach, right? Because they believe in shas Tzvi. Because we went ahead and uh, and just assumed that that entire movement had died down, and had, had exactly the opposite happened. Um, one of the things I found interesting in the book, and this one, I, I I would love to have a panel of people from that era to sit here and discuss it with, is the impression of Shimon Peres. I mean. You know, when you when you speak to, uh, when you speak to a uh, an observant person about Shimon Peres and his attitude toward you know Torah heritage, our people from a religious standpoint, etc., it's usually not favorable. But in your book, he's got some kudos coming to, coming to him. Uh, Shimon Peres is a person who's shanui b'machloikis. The thing about Shimon Peres is that if you speak, it, it depends if you know who Shimon Peres was or if you don't. Even if you know who Shimon Peres was, there's still a black stain against Shimon Peres, and that is the fact that he was the, the, the architect of Oslo. Right. So that's, uh, that's a problem. Peres created Oslo. But if you leave Oslo aside, Peres did more for the, Israel than probably almost anybody else. From and not from. For the from, he has the, 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 the Koilos, the B'nai Yeshivas, a lot of it's from Peres, the funding. Not just that, he built the country. But I I want to take it a step further, and I and you're right about both those things. I'm, I'm not minimizing either of them, especially the building of the country. But the the impression always is that he's anti-Torah. The impression always is that that there, there's no substance to his own tradition and heritage, and and just where he comes from and his attitude that you describe is is very different from what many of us uh, have always felt over the years. It came from many Gedalia Yisrael said it about him. He quoted many Gedalia Yisrael. He told me from Shach, he said he heard it. He heard it from countless Gedalians. The Mashiach of Paris is the person that because of him, they, they, the Koylos were able to be funded, the Yeshivas were able to continue, and he did it because of his encounter with the Chofetz Chaim. Unbelievable. The whole thing is incredible. A real, a genuine encounter with the Chofetz Chaim. Correct. Right. Not, not a dream. You a, see what, a real you see encounter. what the Chofetz Chaim that's could right. do. One meeting with the Chofetz Chaim that's could do right. for a person... That's real power. That's charisma. Yeah. That's, that's a real goggle. You meet with someone for a few minutes when they're a little child, and 80 years later, it's changing the face of Klai Yisrael because of one encounter with you. You understand this? No question about it. It's, it's really remarkable. Um, I'll tell you, when he, when he gave you all this information, it must have been very difficult to organize because I, I would imagine some of those conversations were all over the map. Uh, well, actually, he would. We would take a topic, and then he, we would just. We pretty much, you know, go through the topic, and then I would mark what topic it was, what, 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 er, what era it took place in. We were. I tried very much to keep it as and he as was, masudar as possible. And he was. But, a, and he was able to stay focused because even in the book, it's funny how you sometimes will write a story that you're admitting is really a tangent, but you felt it was appropriate to, you know, to include it in that area. That's me. That's my, <laughs> that was my executive decision. Don't blame him. I'm, I'm at fault. I got it. I just thought you were reflecting the way things went with him when you were doing all the research. Uh, ladies my, and gentlemen. I take responsibility. Say it again. I'm sorry. I take responsibility. Take he responsibility. is focused. It is I who chose to do that. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Rabbi Nachman Seltzer, the brand new book is The Insider. I mean, we literally have just touched on some of the topics. I'll tell you one thing and I want to emphasize. For those of you who have always been fascinated, and I say this because I know that our audience is filled with people like this, by details of the Six-Day War and some of the things that went on, 
uh, in the background that proved to be really important. And then details of the Yom Kippur War, where again, details became so important in terms of the war and in terms of the war's aftermath. You'll love the book for that. Uh, but there's so many other things. I mean, you're talking about a variety of topics uh, from so many different eras and so many different episodes and with an incredible history that only Yisrael Katzover, known as A. Pe'er, uh, the famed war journalist, uh, can possibly share. It is unforgettable adventures and encounters with Gedolim, with world leaders, but way beyond that, with so many people who had a role in, uh, in modern Jewish history, at, in both the Torah world and in the world of the state of Israel, and really, I would say, the Jewish world in general around the globe. Rabbi Seltzer, that's not a, uh, an exaggeration to say Jews around the world, right? No, not at all. And don't forget his connection with the Rebbe of Chabad. Right! Don't forget that. That was also a fascinating uh, uh, chapter to read. It was, uh, it, and, and by the way, he was, he was, how do I put it? I got to be very sensitive how I say this. He was prominent enough in the eyes of those who ran Chabad headquarters that he even saw the Rebbe once the Rebbe was not well. And I think that that's correct. Yeah. Not just that. He helped the rebel. He sent right. He, he sent the, the medical doctor. advice. Right. He actually they actually sent the doctor in the end. Right. A, a person to go and work. Yes. With it. Right. They he gave them medical right. advice based on his own experiences with his father, right. and he was very close to them. He they they he was mamish an, an insider in seven seventy also. Yeah, hundred percent. And they and they appreciate. Look, the rebel as as I mean for those of us who you know. <laughs> my, my father, as many know, had uh, had a very close relationship with the Rebbe. He appreciated those who who were able to keep things close to the vest, right? Secrecy and uh, uh, it was always important to him. And those who un, who had a keen eye and ear in terms of what was going on around the world uh, in different Jewish communities. And Katzover, boy, does he fit that description or what? I mean, some, right. some... The, 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 many gedolim they they would reach out to Yisrael Katzover. And they would ask him to give them, to, they would consult with him about many things. And they would send him on, mis, uh, on missions. He was like the, the perfect person. He was situated exactly in the right place to be the conduit between so many different key people in the firm world, the non-religious world, the army, politics, diplomacy. You name it, he's there. Radio, uh, uh, media, it's, it's incredible. You know, and all the entire time with humility, humbleness, shy, special, us, beautiful Jew, a beautiful youth. Shema Yisrael being said at the beginning of the broadcast day in Israel on television is because of him. Um, and right? Am I right? Yeah, it, yeah, yes. And yeah, he, he was the one who came up with, the, with, that, with that award to right. give out. He's the one right. who came up with the concept. Yakira Yerushalayim. And, give out. and in the 1980s, I, I think it was the 80s, maybe it was already the 90s, when Mitzat Hazami wrote was really, really hot, we here at the radio station would do everything in our power to get a hold of that weekly list and then get a hold of Like, that's how important it was for, you know, I, I remember young artists who were either in Israel or bridging the gap between the U.S. and Israel. Their dream was to be part of Mitzat Hazami wrote. So and they would come to him, and he was so nice to every artist. It was like, you know, you know I, I worked in the music industry for many years. We used to do interviews because of the choir. Right. And I could tell you from working in the music industry, it is a tough place. Yep. Okay? It's not a sympathetic, and in Hebrew, sympathy. Sympathy is a low. But you come to, to Rebbe Saul Kassiver, and it's like you walked into the office of your uncle, of your favorite uncle, and all he wants is to help you be Matsliah. Yeah, they're very true. And the way you describe that is pretty amazing. 
Uh, and how do you? What about the fact that where Rabbi, you know, that this rabbi comes into his office and gives him a song and he tries to help him, right. and then the rabbi says, "You know, I, I think it's not for me. I'm going to do what I'm doing." He says, "What do you do? What's your name, Rabbi Kahati? I'm going to keep focus on my mishnayos that I'm writing." Uh, for those of you who know uh, your Mishnah history, Kahati is a very important name in uh, in that history. Um, where is he now? Yisrael Katzver does what this moment? Yisrael Katzver is busy being a military journalist at Ayomazeh. He's busy going here, he's going there, he's traveling. He's he's part of he's Hamadiyah's military journalist, and they send him on missions to, to, to different army bases. And he, uh, at the beginning of Rosh Hashanah, he's meeting with the chief of staff to to, to get the, um, you know, what the, the, the normal traditional good a good uh, New Year from the chief of staff from right. this one from the minister of defense. He is uh, but also, but also doing I, his job. But also, I think he was concerned with and arranged chauffeur blowing in different bases, and you know anything he could do for his soldiers. Around Yunt of time, etc. I I I I'm forget. I read so much of what you wrote. I'm, I may be mixing up things, frankly. <laughs> but I, but if I'm not mistaken, that was part of it uh, that he wanted to make sure everyone had what they need uh, as the new year and as Yunt of started. Um, I think you're quoting from the Yom Kippur War where he met with Rabbi Piron, and Rabbi Piron was right. telling him what they planned on doing for Yunt right. That was before the war broke out, and right. suddenly. Before they knew it, they're, they're, you know, Israel's completely under attack, and he almost died in the Yom Kippur War. Right. And that ha- was the moment he almost died. Correct. And, and one of the things that, that fascinates many of us is the start of the Yom Kippur War. I learned a couple of things in your book that I did not realize. Again, getting it from his perspective made me think about the, what was going on that day and, frankly, the days before the Yom Kippur War. So I, I, I can't— well, they should, well, remember, Nachum, he's the insider. Right. I can't recommend this, <laughs> I can't recommend this highly enough. Uh, so the book's not finished because if he's still working, there'll be plenty more to write about him. I guess he's down the road, he's still kicking away. He's yeah. still kicking away. I mean, still Casper in his house in Katamon, still, you know, has the numbers of everyone. He showed me different uh, correspondence with different key people. Uh, you know, things which I my private stuff. Which, but I, I could just tell you that he's 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 still in contact with the highest echelons of government, as is Rabbi Grossman, as right. is as, Baruch Hashem. What can I tell you? To see after the Shemai, to be close to people like this, so yeah. uh, the, the the people who shape society and shape what's happening in the world. It's beautiful. It's special. It's yeah. such special people. Yeah, no question about it. You've had a unique privilege, to say the least. Um, it's called The Insider. I've held her by Seltzer a lot longer than I originally told him, so I am apologizing yeah. to him. Uh, it is called The no, in- What are you talking about? No, come on. You know, it's like we're I, friends. We, I, we, I know. we get together but- we... But I we don't, don't want it to. We don't want to finish. But I also know your afternoon schedule in Israel is not a simple one, so I appreciate it very much, Rabbi Nachman Seltzer. The book is called The Insider. Shar Press, Misora Publications. Go to artscroll.com. Check out the brand new book. Use promo code Radio for your discount and free shipping. I cannot recommend this book highly enough. You will be more educated about modern Jewish history. Forget all the other great things that you'll get from this. The Musr you'll get about what it's like to to live under the uh, uh, under the leadership of Gedoli Torah, etc. But aside from that, you will come away with a, a knowledge of modern Jewish history that is better than w- with what you went into it. Uh, Rabbi Seltzer, Big Yashikach, and Mazel Tov on the book. Thank you. Rabbi, Thank you so much for having me, Nachman. A pleasure. Always a pleasure. A real pleasure. Rabbi Nachman Seltzer, the book is called The Insider. Go to artscroll.com, use promo code radio. I cannot recommend this book highly enough. And by the way, the majority of this book I read... On the way from Bnei Brak to Yerushalayim. And it was pretty interesting as I'm traveling along a road where there were some pretty severe battles. 
uh, during the Six-Day War. I'm saying to myself, wow, I, excuse me, the, to be more accurate on that road, the War of Independence, I'm saying to myself, wow, I feel like I'm living history as I'm, as I'm, uh, as I'm driving through this area and at the same time reading this book. Pretty surreal experience. More coming up. You're listening to a uh, Tuesday morning broadcast at JM in the AM.
darkest times on a pitch black night He rode a horse of the purest white He knocked on the door, kind of prison afraid In his hand, a bag of money What shall I do when the money runs dry? Here's a prayer that could pierce the sky What shall I do when the gold runs dry? Here's a prayer that could pierce the sky And I call the man, They surrounded me These three words they set me free When you got no strength and you cry and please Lost in the forest can't find the trees Here's what you do when the money runs dry Here's a prayer that could pierce the sky Here's what you do when the gold runs dry Here's a prayer that could pierce the sky Man, 
hawire a baruch over there, eh? Hey, look at a baruch mamish. Does the island know how much we all want Mashiach so bad? Let's make it happen, Chavra. Let's go, let's sing! Do you stop and wonder what's going on? Can you remember happy days and where have they gone? Life goes by so fast, nothing seems to last. People feel the squeezes on, it's really a shame. Can you hear the thunder? Do you feel the pain? So many tragedies, disaster, so insane. There seems to be no end to this terrifying trend. And everyone you talk to feels the same. But many happy days are coming now. Why don't you please listen to me? We will be singing, dancing, laughing. Everybody just you wait. Understanding and respecting each other Our Mikdash will then be rebuilt What can we do that will help bring Mashiach? Unite ourselves with Abbas Yisrael Understanding and respecting each other Our Mikdash will then be rebuilt Oh Mashiach, how we want you now
trade when hearing the latest in real estate. It's hard enough, it's really tough to have governor. It's a fight both day and night, but think how it would be if each of us would find the inner strength to pray as we should. Voices blending and ascending, heavens open, such a cry. Yeah. 
Yerushalayim, it's the final song in the Mashiach medley from Baruch Levine. Yeah, we were in Yerushalayim last night, and uh, as I said earlier in the show, it is no secret to those who've paid careful attention to what I've been doing over the last many, many decades and to what we've been doing here at the Nahum Siegel Network since its founding. One of our missions is promoting our connection to the state of Israel. Simple as that. Uh, hopefully that ends up in uh, people realizing that the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel, uh, but... Everyone's got to take things at the pace that they can handle it. And um, being there last night at the Nefesh Benefesh celebration of their brand new headquarters, their brand new center in Jerusalem is just absolutely amazing. Uh, Baruch Levine, before that, Avram Rosenblum and Diaspora with Elio Anavi, Levi Folkowitz, Lamana Chai. Eighth day, they're supposed to stop by this coming Thursday morning. That was Lucky and Elaka and Eloka done by uh, Eitan Katz to open up that set here at JM in the AM. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. It is always a pleasure to speak to you, and I thank you. Don't forget the Atid Society event with Elon Gold is this coming Sunday night. Keep that in mind. Don't forget that the um, uh, that the Ohel Gala is this coming Sunday night. You can go to our community calendar, which is nachomsegel.com slash community dash calendar, nachomsegel.com slash community dash calendar, information about the Ohel Gala for this coming Sunday night, the New York Marriott Marquis. The Atid Society event is up there as well. Uh, the Turo Zoom presentation for Thursday night is up there as well. Uh, the High Lifeline event for tonight is there. Uh, you'll see a whole bunch of stuff on our community calendar section at NahumSiegel.com. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, NahumSiegel Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment Whoa. And comment away. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Enjoy a 10% discount on all Abel's and Hyman products at kosherdogs.net with promo code RADIO. A&H has been serving the kosher world since 1954, and A&H products are available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM. <laughs>
Achenu Yisrael and Achim Achem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program, heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, and AchimSegal.com, and the Network, and of course, any beloved NSN app. Thank you so much, everybody. Big thanks to Mayor Ferdig and Avrami, and a big thank you to all of you for tuning in. And a special mazel tov to everybody at Nefesh Benefesh, or by Fass, Tony Gelbart, everybody who uh, was there last night to celebrate the opening of the Nefesh Benefesh headquarters in Yerushalayim. Just a wonderful event. Uh, more tomorrow, starting at 6 a.m. Make sure to join us. Ambassador Danny Dayan, who now serves the chair of Yad Vashem, is going to be joining us tomorrow. Eighth day in studio on Thursday. My gosh, do we have a week or what? Good I made it back here to the New York City studios. Because <laughs> we have an amazing week, Baruch Hashem. Have a fab!
fabulous Tuesday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember to past, live the present, and trust the future.